The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Good morning. I'm going to tell you a story about my week. On Tuesday night, I was diagnosed as the first person in the last 300 years to get the bubonic plague. They called it the flu, but it couldn't have been the flu. (laughs) Because it took me out in a way that no human should ever be rendered useless. I don't really know where I am this morning. I just didn't turn my microphone on. Okay, so... This could be fun for everyone involved. But I spent the better part of the week in bed, and I do feel better. Um, You were supposed to get to hear the first sermon from our new book. The book we will spend the rest of this school year walking through, so just a few weeks, is the book of Ruth. It's a beautiful book. Short, it's compact, wonderful story of God and his provision. I didn't get that one done because I had the plague. (laughs) So instead, today, it's kind of a part two of last week, Easter. Easter is a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. We celebrated lives that were transformed because of the resurrection of Jesus. Today, in light of what we talked about on Easter Sunday, on Easter we talked about the love of Jesus how that is demonstrated, the Bible says at least, the greatest love is demonstrated by the one who would lay down his life for his friends. Well, Jesus did that. So that's what we talked about on Easter Sunday. And so today, kind of part two of that, if Jesus loves us so much, what are we supposed to do? And the Bible has a bunch, and there's a bunch of responses to Jesus' love, but the summary of it is, The idea is that we're to love him back. So if you will, last week was Jesus loves you. And today is love Jesus. And that's a simple phrase, right? We're to love Jesus. But boy, it needs to be unpacked. And it needs to be thought through and it needs to be applied. And and so I, I would love the opportunity to just kind of do that. And then next week, we will jump into the book of Ruth. We'll finish it somewhere around Memorial Day. Then we will crack into our next book. We're getting crazy now. We'll spend the entire summer in Nehemiah, another Old Testament book. Hopefully finish that around Labor Day. Go to the Lake Holidays, book in there. And then in September, hopefully when we launch our Norman campus in August, September, come back to school, new year, new everything, Then we'll jump into our next, like, we might spend three years in it book, okay? So for us, it's going to be great. We're only going to do, we're going to do two books in the next six months. But Ruth, Nehemiah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about today. Thank you for your grace. It's not very often that I miss my target, but once again, the plague is real. So one last thing, personal note. Today is my 12th wedding anniversary. 12 years ago today, I got married to Paige Jury Robertson, and she'll be in the second service. I'll save the really flowery stuff for then, but uh, without her, this wouldn't be possible, so I love her and thank her, and I got the microphone on, so I get to say that. 
Um, let's pray and let's see what God has in store for us this morning. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you do and how you do it. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his life and his death. And God, we know that in response to that, we are called to love you. We're called to love Jesus. I just pray today you open our eyes as to how to best do that. The lives would be transformed, that people would be met right where they're at, and that we would see, Lord, where we fall short, and we would see where we're glorifying you, and that, God, most importantly, we would leave for looking more like you. Just come and speak to us today through your word. We need you here. We invite you here. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So, Jesus does love you. And if you don't feel that, if you don't feel like Jesus loves you, then I would strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you to think about the cross, not the wooden piece, but the cross upon which Jesus died. He gave his life. It's hard for me to hear someone say, Jesus doesn't love me because you know, my car broke down. Or Jesus doesn't love me because I, this person just broke up with me. It's hard for me to hear that because that's, those are circumstances and that's life and life's gonna stink sometimes. But Jesus died. He willingly gave his life. And, and it wasn't even like he stepped in front of a bullet for you. That, that's hero stuff. You know, that's hero stuff. That's sacrifice. We get that. But Jesus had eternity to think about it. And he chose, after thinking about it for eternity, to come and die while we were still sinners. Not just for the perfect people, not just for the ones who have it all together, not just for the elite. He came to die for the sinner. That's you and that's me. And that's love. And I know it, we want to feel love. We want to feel that. And that, it, love is an emotion. And I get it. But sometimes the proof's in the pudding, right? And Jesus died for you. And to me, that is proof that he loves you. He loves you. And in response to his love, we should love him back. And he tells us how to do that in John chapter 15, verses nine and 10. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. He's, he's mirroring, he's showing the love of the Father. Just as he was loved, he's loved us. Now remain in my love. Here's how you do that. Here's how you remain in my love. Here's how you love me back. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands, and remain in his love. See, it's all this beautiful picture, the love of the father to the son, the love of the son to the church, to his bride, to his people, to his children, whatever you wanna call it. The way that Jesus was obedient and loved the father was by obeying his commands. The way that we are to love the son is to obey his commands. To remain in Jesus' love involves obeying his commands. And you're like, that doesn't sound like love. That's not, the type, that's not the type of relationship that Jesus wants with me. He wants to know my heart and my, my soul and he, he wants me to worship him and he wants me to do this. Yes, yes, yes. But at the end of the day, and, I, and I'm gonna prove this to you over the next 20 minutes, at the end of the day, remaining in his love, showing his love, involves at the top of your priority list doing what he says but I'll take it one step further. It involves you actually doing what you say you're gonna do. See, that's where, that's where it comes down to. 
Have you been in a relationship? This is not a, just a romantic relationship. Have you ever had a relationship, you and another person, where that person said a bunch and delivered on nothing? Just think for a minute. Have you ever had a relationship like that? Someone was quick to say, I'm gonna do this, I'll be here for you there, I'll do this, but then was very poor in the delivery department. Like, I'm married to a wonderful wife who does what she says she's gonna do that helps me know that she loves me. She's married to a husband that fails sometimes to do what he says he's gonna do that hurts her feelings. I haven't really been in a, I mean, like a good parent, but I've had a couple bosses in my life, a couple bosses who would sit down and let me know, Todd, I, I mean, I care about you. Like, I care about you, I want the best for you. Uh, but then they wouldn't do what they said they were gonna do. They wouldn't follow through. It didn't take very long for me to start to doubt that they really cared for me. Because it's hard to believe, hey, I love you, man. Hey, I got your back, man. Hey, I'll do it. And then constantly you're being let down by that person. So I, I want you to think about that now in your relationship with Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're my, I got your bag. Jesus, you're, you're my boy. Jesus, I'm, I'm all yours. Jesus, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my life to you. I'm gonna do everything I can for you. I'm gonna honor and glorify you. And he goes, well, I love hearing that. Would you just start actually doing it? Like, your words are beautiful to me, but your actions are what matter. Because anyone who's been in a relationship with someone who seems to talk the talk but not walk the walk, you know that words become cheap very quickly. Anyone who's been in that type of relationship, you know that words become meaningless unless they're backed up with actions. And I believe that's true of our love for Jesus. You can scream it from the mountaintop, Jesus, I love you. You can sing it every morning on K-Love, but if you don't do it, if you don't do it, then at some point, John 15 verse 10 starts to come into play. It's very telling of your heart. You say you love Jesus, but do you obey his commands? Staying faithful to Jesus is very, very important. It's what he asks us to do in a very specific way. Jesus says the way we stay faithful, the way we stay loving is to obey his commands. Now, what does that look like? This is big. So you may wanna write this down. It does not mean that we flawlessly carry out every command ever given. It's not what loving Jesus means. It does not mean that we flawlessly, perfectly do everything that Jesus says. But it certainly does mean that we cannot be negligent are irreverent of the commands that he's given us. We can't just go, hey, he's a God of grace and he forgives and he loves me and I love him and I'm just gonna live my life however I want. We can't go there because Jesus himself says that remaining in his love involves, first and foremost, obeying his commands. So then here's what gets difficult, church, ready? We get Jesus' commands and the Old Testament law all kind of mixed up. Old Testament law, 614 different rules. You had to follow perfectly. Messed one up. You had to sacrifice a pigeon or something. Like it, it, it gets weird. And we start to think, I, I'm not gonna be able to do that. I'm not gonna be able to 
perfectly follow all these rules. I'm a rule breaker by nature. I'm a rebel. Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. So the law is still in play, but this has been completed by Jesus. And the way Jesus summarized all of those 614 laws was to love God and to love others, love your neighbor. So love is very important. And then what I love about Jesus is then he showed us how to do both. Right? Like if we look at the life of Jesus, he showed us exactly how to do both. How do you love the Father? You remain in him, you obey him, okay? How do you love others? Well, he showed us that. <coughs> so in my opinion, we look at the life of Jesus and how he obeyed the Father, and that's exactly what John 15 is telling us to do. We look at the life of Jesus, how he obeyed the Father, and then we do the same. The way he loved others, the way he was obedient to the Father, that's, that's what we should do. So let's, let's just begin. Let's start to look at some of these. God commanded Jesus to forgive, so we're asked to forgive others. Okay, that's a command. You're to forgive one another. But we were first forgiven. We're commanded to serve. But Jesus came and became the servant of all. So that's a command. We're to serve one another. That's the way we're obedient to the Father. Kind of in that vein, we're to put others first. They were commanded to put others first. But why? Because Philippians 2, 5 through 8. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Do what he did. Do what he did and, and do it to the best of your ability the way he did it. He was in the very nature of God, but he did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. <coughs> We're called to, to care for those who are in need. Now, that's a big one, because you're like, well, how, there's a lot of need. I'm only one person. What does that look like? Well, Jesus did it perfectly. He took what was right in front of him, and he didn't miss the opportunities. Called to give generously. Uh, are you talking about money? Like a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It shows our heart, it shows our love for God, it shows our trust for him. Yeah, so money's involved in giving generously, but also of our time. And We're to give generously, but I mean, would anyone disagree that Jesus gave everything he had? So the command to give generously is, has been modeled for us. This is the hard one. I, I will give you this one. This is the one that feels a little big. We're commanded or called to be holy. But do you remember how that cool little verse finishes? For I am holy. Now, you're, you're called to be moral, you're called to be upright, you're called to be set apart, but I, I, I was. I modeled it for you. Do as I do. And do what you say you're going to do. So, like, just running back through it. And I'm sure there's more commands. I'm sure there are. But if we can just agree that if you did these, we'd be loving Jesus pretty well. Just point back through it. Forgive, serve, put others first, meet the needs, care for the needs of those in front of you, give generously, be holy. 
Well, once again, tons, tons more commands, right? I mean, I, I, but a lot of those would fall under one of these. And so you see that list, and it might feel laborsome. Like, oh, I'm supposed to, that sounds like Jesus, man. Yes, it's supposed to. It's supposed to sound just like Jesus. And just as the Father called Jesus to live this life, we are called by Jesus to do the same. And for those who say they love Jesus, this is the life that you're called to live. But you need to do it. And I need to do it. And I'll tell you, sometimes, church, I get flippant with doing it. But loving someone requires more than words. It requires actions to back them up. So we can't just say it. You can't just say it. You gotta back up that statement. If you claim to love God, you will obey his commands. Talked about Paige a little bit already, but several weeks ago, my wife loves a good fountain Diet Coke. Any other Diet Coke fountain drinkers? Won't drink it out of a bottle, can, fountain. Styrofoam cup, preferably. I guess she doesn't love the earth, but styrofoam cup, Diet Coke. I was leaving to go pick up one of our boys from a, one of their many practices. On the way out, said, babe, love you, going to get whichever one it was, number two, I don't know. Um, going to get number two. Love you, is there anything I can get for you while I'm out? Babe, I love a Diet Coke. This is not an odd request. Love a Diet Coke. Grab me Diet Coke on your way. Love you, Paige. You're, you're my world, babe. Never gonna let you down. Hour later, come back. Got number two. Don't got no Diet Coke. She says, gently, Todd, where's my Diet Coke? Oh, rats. So sorry, like right back, you know, because you, you can't drive any direction in this city more than a mile without hitting a 7-Eleven. So I was like, I'll be back in three minutes with your Diet Coke. She's like, no, 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 it's, it's fine, I don't want it. And then, of course, because I'm the weaker sex, um, I decided to argue this. Three minutes? Like, like, I brought your offspring back, all right? So you're welcome. You're welcome for that. I, I got the number one thing. I forgot a Diet Coke. I will be back in three minutes with your Diet Coke. No, I don't want it. A good 15 minutes later, <laughs> she still didn't have a Diet Coke. And I had really hurt her feelings worse. And anyone who's married knows that has nothing to do with the Diet Coke, right? I didn't do what I said I was gonna do. And to make it one step worse, like in the midst of saying, yeah, I got your Diet Coke. I'm like, I love you. I mean, I really said all that stuff because I'm an idiot, but like, I really did say all that. There's no way, yeah, I won't let you down. I love you, I got you. Here's what I want us as a church to do. I want us all to stop forgetting the Diet Coke. Okay, and, and let that be a refrain. I'm gonna give you permission even, and use this sparingly, but I'm gonna give you permission 
to look at someone a day from now, a week from now, a month from now, someone that you have relationship with. Don't just do this to a stranger because it'd be weird. But where you can see they're falling short and just with love go, let's not forget the Diet Coke. Because when we forget the Diet Coke with Jesus, that means we've told him, I love you. I'll never let you down. I've got you. And then the one little thing he asks us to do, hey, serve today. Yeah, but it's not convenient for me today. You said you would do it, but you just forgot the Diet Coke. And you come back and then you wanna tell him why you forgot the Diet Coke. I had too much going on, this or that. You know, guys, when we're called to love and to give generously, when we're called to serve, when we're called to be holy, part of that being holy, gentlemen, when you're called to turn your eyes, if you say you love him, show it. Don't forget the Diet Coke. You want to know the cool part? Paige forgave me after I regained my sanity and told her, I'm sorry for forgetting your Diet Coke and not justifying why I did and how much better what the other thing I did was. When I finally just said, I'm sorry, she goes, it's not a big deal. And that's miraculously also how God responds. When we forget the Diet Coke and we say, Jesus, I know I told you I would get it. I know I should have got it, but I didn't. And I'm sorry. And he goes, I forgive you. I forgive you. But why don't you go and grab it next time? I, I told you this happened weeks ago with Paige and it's become not a spiritual motto in our home, but a very simple reminder to me. When she says, hey, don't forget the Diet Coke, she's not always just talking about the Diet Coke. You said you would do this. You, you promised me this. You, it's our anniversary. Have you bought me anything? Don't forget the Diet Coke. It's a gentle reminder to do what I say I'm gonna do. And church, that's my hope, is that it would be a gentle reminder to you as well. If you say you love him, if you say you love him, don't forget the Diet Coke. As the band comes back up here, the, the way we respond today is very simple. We know that when we fall short, there is forgiveness. But I've said this before, um, what we're called as New Testament believers, what we're called to live like are those who have been forgiven. So what does that look like? What does it look like living like someone who has been forgiving? We don't abuse that forgiveness. So what does that look like? In my humble opinion, 
It looks like trying not to make the same mistake twice or three times or a hundred times. And so like if, if you know the command, if you know where you continuously fall short and if in your mind today what the Lord is prompting in you is a response to that of you going, I, I know I've gotta step it up here, then remembering the Diet Coke for you is not doing that again. And remember, not flawlessly, because you will forget the Diet Coke again. You will disobey again. But you acknowledge that that's wrong. That's not the standard that's been set. If I say I love you, I gotta love you. And the way I love you is by obeying your commands. So today, pastors and prayer team are gonna be up here. If you just wanna come talk about where you're struggling, I would love to do that, love to do that, love to pray with you. If you wanna talk about where you're succeeding, you wanna talk about how you're slaying those Diet Cokes, like that's awesome, I'd love, love to pray with you with that. Any other concerns, any other issues, love to pray with you about those. We have communion in the back of the room to remember the love that Jesus has. If you're struggling, once again, with that, that loving him, just remember he loved you first and that the bread and the cup are perfect symbols and reminders of that. Take that at your leisure. But remember the Diet Coke. Okay? Remember the Diet Coke. If you say you're gonna get it, get the stinking Diet Coke. Father, thank you for loving us through your son Jesus. Jesus, thank you for forgiving us where we fall short. Help us now, Jesus, to see what you've called us to. And may our love for you be not just in words, but in actions. May we obey your commands. May we remember your holiness. And may we seek to be the same. We love you, Jesus. Now receive our praise and worship as we respond to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and respond to him.